Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. And welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Tonight, we are going to talk about modifying and accommodating for your students that may be reading at grade levels or really below grade level. So the reality is, is that we generally will have a classroom assignment where we are given, say, a grade five classroom. But the reality is that the abilities of our students within that classroom are going to be a wide range of abilities. Whether we have students with learning disabilities, intellectual delays, ESL, autism, there's so many different factors that are going to impact our students and their ability to read. And because of that, we should be looking at all of those different things that are in their student backpack. So all of the different things that are going to impact their ability to read in the classroom. We need to look at that and think about how we can plan and modify differently for those different students because simply just looking at their developmental reading assessment and what grade level they're able to decode doesn't necessarily give us a true picture of what they're able to do and it often means that we might be missing some opportunities to really get those students to make connections to the curriculum that we're teaching. So we're gonna go over how we can modify and accommodate for our students that are reading below grade level. So thank you so much for joining me. My name is Patty and I'm a teacher here in Ontario, Canada, and I am also the teacher blogger behind madlylearning.com. And every Monday night we have a new video that comes out where we talk about all things teaching in the junior grades. And it's my hope that through these videos we can make teaching and learning simple, straightforward, and perhaps stress-free and help you fit it all together. So again, tonight we're going to talk about reading levels and specifically how we're going to modify and accommodate for the students in our classroom, depending on why they might be reading at a reading level that happens to be below your assigned grade. So this happens so frequently. I myself do it all the time and I hear other teachers say when they're talking with other teachers about their class that they have students that are reading at a grade one reading level or grade two reading level in a grade five classroom. We'll use that as an example for just the point of argument today. So if you have that situation where you have students that are reading below grade level we often want to group them all in together and kind of say, okay, if I've got students that are reading, I'm in a grade five classroom, I have students reading at a grade one level, how am I supposed to get those students to access the curriculum in all of the other domains, in science, in social studies? What exactly am I supposed to do since they're reading so low? Well, I think there's things that we need to look at. Number one, we need to really understand why that student is reading at that level and what their learning profile really looks like. And this will determine how we can plan to modify and accommodate for those students. 
So we're going to go through some of those things and I'm going to share with you some of my personal beliefs when it comes to um, working with students that may not be working at grade level and how we can look at that through our language program. So I want to preface this by saying, regardless of the things that I'm going to be talking about today, each and every one of us teaches in a school board or district that has their own policies and procedures for accommodating and modifying students within your classroom, following their individual education plans and how those are created. Please always take the ideas that I'm going to share with you and make sure that they apply to your district's expectations. Um, my goal here is to just give you some different perspectives or to stretch your thinking in ways that you can think about how you can plan to accommodate and modify for students that are reading below grade level and give them some access to the grade level um, that you happen to be teaching and perhaps save you and simplify some of the work you are doing to make learning more accessible to these students in your classroom. So just to be really clear, let's go over modifying and accommodating. So these are two words that are often used when we're talking about changing or altering what students are expected to do. So when we look at accommodations, accommodations are providing supports, it's differentiation, but we're still expecting students to be able to accomplish grade level expectations with these accommodations. It's the same kind of reason why some students wear glasses and some students don't. When we provide this support, such as a student being provided with a set of glasses, those students get that corrective lens and then they're able to do the activities at grade level. It is something that we can provide to students and we can provide it to all students, but not all students need it. And we provide it to those students and they're able to complete the work at grade level. Now in the classroom, this could be such as alternate forms of communication. So if a student has a learning disability that means that they have difficulty outputting their ideas in written ways, then if we are not specifically assessing writing, such as in when we're assessing comprehension for reading, we often assess that through a written form. An accommodation would allow that student to still demonstrate their comprehension without needing to write it, if that happens to be within their learning profile. It still means the student has to demonstrate grade level expectations because we're simply providing an accommodation, alternate ways that the student can still demonstrate grade level mastery. And it means we're going to be removing some of the barriers that perhaps are in the way of students being successful. For some of our ELL students, we are going, we can remove some of the language barriers and have our students to demonstrate grade level understanding by using demonstration tasks that we observe instead of tasks that are solely based on them communicating their understanding through their second language, which they're still learning. So there's ways that we can access some of that knowledge 
and that's an accommodation. Now, modifying is where we are completely altering and changing the expectations because even with the accommodations that we might be able to provide, we still can't get the students to access grade level expectations. We are removing or simplifying expectations for the grade level to the point where we are making them different. And when that happens, that's a modification. Now, I will be completely honest with you. I am a big proponent of modifications for students at grade level, which means that you have your expectations that, so you have grade five, and you look at the grade five expectations and you either you, you look at modifying at grade level so you can simplify the expectations, but the content stays the same, but you simplify how a student will achieve those, or you are also able to remove some of the expectations so that they're only demonstrating some and not all. This is my preferred way to modify for students because I look forward as to what happens most often when they get to high school and they no longer receive modifications. If you have a student in grade five who's still working at grade two, by the time that student gets up to grade eight, they're not doing grade eight expectations. So when they get to grade nine, there's now a gap that has been established. Instead, I'm a big proponent, and this comes from the influence of some um, special education teachers that I have worked with in the last 13 years of my career that were big advocates of modifying at grade level, as well as this is now the path that the district I'm teaching in is using where we are modifying at grade level. If it's not something that you have considered, I would argue that this is something you could look into or at least approach your principal and your learning resource teacher about this being a possibility when it's appropriate for some students in your classroom. So let's talk about reading levels. Typically, there's multiple reasons why a student might not be reading at grade level. So if you're in grade five, your reading expectation for DRA, that's what I'm most familiar with, would be that you're reading at a 50 level text. Well, you might have some students that are reading at a level 24, which is mid grade two, or you might even have some students that are reading below that at a grade one level, which is 16 or even further below. My question always when students are in my class and they're presenting as reading at a with a huge gap is why. The first thing I want to look at is is there a reason for why this student is reading with such a wide gap versus this, the grade level they're in. So first I'm going to look at does this student have a learning disability? through their OSR, through their student record, or through their student history, however your district stores documentation on students, I want to look whether or not this student has a learning disability. Now, when a student is diagnosed with a learning disability, this means that they have age-appropriate cognitive functioning. So their brain is firing and they have the thinking skills that are representative of students of their age. The problem is, is that there is some input or output problems that are preventing the student from showing that cognitive ability in school. It often has to do with their ability to read words on the page. It could also have their ability to communicate their ideas, working memory issues. There's a lot of barriers that a student might be facing. 
Knowing what is causing the learning disability will allow you to figure out what aspect their brain is struggling with the most. For some students with learning disabilities, this is where modifying for them at grade level becomes really important. For a student who has average cognitive abilities, but they have a learning disability, we want to get into that cognitive ability. So we want to access that information from our students. So we want to kind of dig in and figure out how do I get that thinking skill out and how do I remove some of those barriers? Now, yes, there's going to be um, there's going to be problems, they're going to be reading at below grade level, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to access other parts of your program. You could, so let's say, for example, you have a student in your class and their issue is phonemic awareness and working memory. So they have a really difficult time with reading the words on the page, but their thinking skills are on par with this other students in your classroom. A modification that may be made for that student is to separate their decoding and fluency ability with their comprehension and allowing them to demonstrate their understanding of oral texts to demonstrate comprehension so that they can access texts that are at a much higher level because we want to still practice that, that comprehension muscle without looking at having them decode the text on the page. So I like to separate those skills if that happens to be the learning profile and assessing those as different tasks. For most students, those are intertwined. They read it, we listen to them reading, and then we assess their comprehension. But for other students, let's look at those separately. They may decode at one level but they may understand at a different level. And in order to access other areas of the curriculum for math, science, and social studies, I actually really want to know at what level they can comprehend. So if I read the text or I have a text reader read the text to them, at what level do they comprehend? So if I gave them a grade four level social studies text, but the text is read to them instead of them having to read it, are they able to access grade level text? Maybe not, but maybe their ability to understand the text isn't as low as grade one. So maybe they could understand a text written at a grade three level. All of a sudden that becomes much easier for the teacher to be able to have that student with a learning disability access other areas of your teaching because now you're not modifying everything down to a grade one level, but you can separate take the reading component out of all of your other content areas and you can access material for that student in different ways by providing them an accommodation because you're not assessing reading. You can provide those students with an accommodation that allows them to be unmodified for that and feel more successful. So thinking about how they are accessing the material is going to be really important. And for those students with an LD, it is imperative that you sit with your learning resource teacher, that you go through their student records and you understand what are the barriers and how can we separate tasks? How can we take the things that they're struggling with the most and separate how we assess them so that we can really break apart all of the different components that we're teaching and we can 
eliminate some of those barriers and separate them. So I hope that makes sense there. You also have your ESL students. So for your students that are in your classroom that are learning English, so your ELLs that are in your classroom, if they are new to English and they are acquiring English in the moment and they are on step one or step two, those students are going to be modified, especially your step one and two students for the most part Reading grade level texts is probably not going to be one of their goals at this point in time. It's going to be oral language development and learning some early literacy skills, but really assessing them is in their reading ability is not going to be the most accurate representation of where their cognitive functioning is because DRA and other reading assessments are normed on English first language speakers, not on second language students. So it's a really not the greatest way to assess um, ability on an ELL who's in stage one or, or sorry, step one and step two. So you can still conduct a DRA with those students, but you do have to look at it through a different lens than you would from a first English as a first language student. So if you have a student that is an ELL in your classroom and they're reading significantly below grade level, you have to remember that that doesn't mean that they're working with the same set of skills. In fact, a lot of the time, those students have grade appropriate language and literacy skills in their first language. And when that is the case, we need to be able to bridge that gap and understand that we need to try to access that cognitive ability, that literacy that is there in their first language. We have to try to be able to access that and not to oversimplify or to remove pieces of the curriculum from them because we feel like they can't do it. So some of the things that we can do is look at what their goals are for their language acquisition. So in this case, it's a good opportunity for you to make a connection with the ESL teacher that happens to be assigned to your school, and you can work with them to get to know what their goals are and whether they require modifications or accommodations to their program and how you can go about doing that. For the most part, the ESL teachers that are assigned to your school are more than willing and happy to help you to figure out how to program for those students and how to accommodate and modify for them. Some of the things that they're doing in step one and two is allowing them to write in their first language when they have first language literacy skills. Even if you can't read it, allowing them to demonstrate their thinking and get those ideas out is a relief to those students. We do have the technology to be able to use a translation tools that will give us a rudimentary understanding of what the student is writing by simply taking a picture of their writing in another language. And we can translate some of that or have them read it to us and have them listen or have the dictation of the Google Translate. And we can get a gist of their understanding when they're writing in their L1. And by allowing them to do that, we are giving them the ability to communicate at the level that their brain is functioning at and removing that barrier of that language, of the language learning component that they happen to be going through. So this is the key here is 
that we have to understand what is causing that delay. And if it's a language, it's not that that's their level. They're not a grade one student in your grade five classroom. They are an ELL student that is learning a language and they'll get there, but they do have grade level cognitive abilities and they're moving themselves up. Now, you also might have students that are MID, developmental delayed, or even low average students in their learning profile. Now, these students are working, generally speaking, below grade level and may not have average cognitive abilities in your classroom. This is where you'd really have to dig into their learning profile as well to figure out what exactly it is saying about how their brain approaches new learning tasks. For these students, simplified activities and repetition is going to be really helpful, especially when we're trying to build independent work skills. When we can use repetition and have lots of routine for those students, they can do independent work and we can provide simplified materials. One of the things I like to do to simplify some of the materials that I use is to use differentiated readers where I have one text but it's at multiple levels. This allows me to really have one lesson that I need to plan and have a text level that is at multiple levels and multiple entry points for the different students in my classroom. For some reading, you can simplify it down to say a grade two level. Beyond that, it becomes a little bit more difficult. However, using tools such as Google Read and Write, and I'm gonna thank Susan for this helpful tip in my Ignited Literacy group, or I think it was somebody else actually, so that's okay. I will credit that person um, in just a second. But a member of our Ignited Teachers PLC talked about reducing text levels to simplify it so that it's a simple summary and that goes down you can use Google read and write and what it does is it summarizes and simplifies the text now you might lose some context and meaning but it does give students the gist of what is happening in the text that you're reading so that it is still accessible so for some of your students that are reading at below grade level and they are, they are have a lower cognitive functioning that is below average and this has been diagnosed for that student, then these are some of the tips and tools that you can use to make learning accessible to those students is to use things like repetition, using the same routine every day, the same tasks as well. For some of my students that I have had that have had that learning profile of MID or DD in the classroom, one of the things that I have done with those students is the routine is they still follow along with the same centers that are in my classroom. So we still, you'll see on the board behind me, they still follow through with those same centers. However, every week they're provided a folder and in that folder, they're the exact same pages every week. So they look the same. So they get a picture card and that picture card gets glued on a paper and then they write some lines. So I give them the picture card and then there's a template that they then glue the picture onto the template and then write five sentences about the picture. And that happens every single week. The picture changes, but the page that they're writing on does not. So it allows me to give them something new every week, but I'm not recreating a new document every week for their centers. For work on, and that's their work on writing. They use a picture prompt and write multiple sentences. 
Then for reading response, I give them a simplified text that is at their independent reading level because again, this is an independent task. They read the independent text and then there's multiple choice questions that they answer based on that or they meet with me during independent reading time and I will ask them orally some questions that they need to answer. If they are capable of writing their own answers to those questions, then those students will do that. But that's every week they get a reading and questions to answer. And the format looks the same, so it's very familiar. For spelling, I choose the words for them that are simplified and at their independent level. And each week they do a spelling choice board and they're aware of the different choices they have. And together we circle which ones they're going to do or I will circle the ones that I want them to do for that week to practice their spelling lists. And that's in their folder every week. So they know when it centers time that they open up their folder and they complete an activity. And it's all on one side of the folder and then when they're done it, they just simply move it to the second side of the folder. And then when they're finished everything in the folder, they hand it in. And that routine is established every week. So it's something they can do independently. I make sure it's at their level and those students are able to still go through our centers. So they're still doing their centers activities like everybody else in the classroom is. And because it's the same thing every single week. There is less prep for me because it really, I'm looking for a picture. I'm printing out a story that I have access to from a variety of different materials that were in my classroom. So they get, I just go to the next story and print that out for them. And then they have their spelling choice board, which doesn't change. And I pick their 10 words for them. So that is something that was manageable for me to do for those students. So these are some of the ways that I modify and accommodate for the students in my classroom that are reading below grade level. When it comes down to it, we have to remember that we can't simply take their reading assessment and then group them by level for every student. Each student's learning profile is different and how we approach each one of those students in our classroom is going to be different too. And that's not to say that we need to do 18 different things in our classroom. The key here is looking at how many we can break apart and really key in on what their struggle is specifically and how we can get them as close to grade level by removing some the most barriers possible so that we're actually we're actually allowing them to access what we're doing without having to create multiple things that are happening in our classroom. So we want to provide accommodations and modifications in ways that we can get our students to close that gap between their reading level and their grade level in the easiest way possible for us. And there, again, there's lots of different ways to do that, but we simply can't look at their reading level and determine that that is where they are. So they're not a grade one student in a grade five classroom. So really looking at the complexities of their learning profiles to help them access more material that is at their grade level. So I hope I've given you some food for thought for tonight on how to help those students in your classroom that are reading below grade level. And if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the comments below and we'll make sure that we will answer those. Thank you so much for joining us and we will be back 
not next Monday. Next Monday is Canadian Thanksgiving, so there will not be a live show on Canadian Thanksgiving, but we will be back the following Monday on the 19th of October with another video at 9 p.m. tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you after Thanksgiving. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry live.